All right, tonight we're in our 52nd lesson uh, in the grand scheme of things. Tonight we are still in the book of Proverbs. We've been about five weeks looking through really uh, select topics in the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're going to have one more week in Proverbs next week, and then we'll be uh, moving on. Again, we've been addressing really several topics uh, that the, the book of Proverbs lays out for us. Uh, tonight our lesson is entitled Fools Found Fighting. Fools Found Fighting. Our uh, lesson tonight is going to be about conflict and about how we are to see and respond to conflict as followers of Jesus Christ. The key point tonight, uh, the Bible tells us we are to wisely avoid conflict. The Bible tells us we are to wisely avoid conflict. Uh, in the New Testament, if we carry it further, it goes and it tells us that divisive, conflict-causing people do not look like Christ. And that's the thing we see uh, as, we, as we go to the New Testament. Uh, people that are divisive, people that cause factions, uh, that are always found in conflict with people, they do not look like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when we come to these topics, we come to these subjects, uh, I sometimes wonder, does God actually care uh, even about this? Uh, all the things going on in the world, all the things happening, does he care if Bill and Ted somewhere are having a conflict? Does he care uh, some, about something that may seem this small? And if he does care, uh, how much does he care? Is this a big thing to him? And then the question is, why would he care about conflict in the lives of his people? And so we're going to see those things tonight played out as he actually addresses very clearly, very carefully, uh, the subject of conflict. Again, the Bible tells us we are to wisely avoid conflict. In the New Testament, it goes further and tells us divisive conflict-causing people do not look like Christ. Again, as we start, we start with a Proverbs review. Uh, I, I like to just say and make sure we're grounded in the fact that these are the words of God. This is not uh, Solomon's word. Uh, it's not somebody else's word. It's not some self-help thing. These are the words of God, and so when we look at them tonight, this is the wisdom from God. Now, we've seen all the way through, uh, if we listen to God's word, if we heed God's wisdom, uh, it's going to glorify him, and it's going to be a blessing to us. And so understand, we're not just listening uh, to, a, to, a, to some kind of speech tonight. We're not listening to some kind of lecture tonight. This is God's word, and if we will heed it, it will point to him, honor him, and it will be a blessing to us. This is the word of God. All right, we're going to begin with our lesson. The first section is this, staying out of strife. Staying out of strife. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3 uh, to begin. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will Coral. Uh, I want you to think about this tonight, and, and, and really it's li uh, limitless, but I want you to think about all the ways that our culture is found in strife. And I started thinking, this may be what we're known for. You look at the news, you look at the world around us, you look at people, and, and all you seem to see is strife anymore. And I was making a list of who is against who, and here's what I came up with. Who's against who right now in our culture? The Republicans are against the Democrats. The Democrats are against the Republicans. Liberals are against conservatives. Conservatives are against liberals. The right's against the left. The left is against the right. Men are against women. Women are against men. Um, 
Different ethnicities are against each other. Gay people are against straight people. Straight people are against gay people. Young people are against old. Flip side, old people against young. Uh, round earth people are against flat earth people. Uh, country are set against other countries. Uh, you, you can go all the way, Russia and America. Uh, every year, Texas against OU. And then we see Apple is against Android, and Android is against Apple. Android is the best one if you need to know about that. Uh, there is conflict everywhere you look. They are set against them. They are arguing with them. They're trying to make a point with them. Uh, it's how our political system runs. It's, it's taking over our government. It's in our churches. It's in, it's in our, our daily life. Conflict seems to be everywhere. Well, I want you to think about this. Think about your life, uh, the days of your life, and think about damaging times or hurtful times in your life uh, in that conflict has impacted you. And maybe it was a conflict you were in. Maybe it was somebody else's conflict. But think about conflicts and how they've impacted your life. And I, and I made a list of those. Conflicts at work, how that's impacted your life. Divorce. Maybe it was your divorce. Maybe it was somebody else's. Um, conflict in your family. They're against them and they're trying to pull them aside. Conflict with your friend group. A conflict in business. Uh, this group's trying to do something against that group. Uh, think about all the damaging things that we go through that are caused by conflict. Well, tonight we're going to see God in his wisdom tells us keeping away from strife is an honor for a man. Uh, we have this idea that, that honor comes from winning in a conflict, from uh, going into a conflict and coming out as the winner. Uh, God actually says the honor is never getting into the conflict in the first place. The honor is staying away from conflict. It's a pretty interesting picture. Um, keeping away here in verse 3 uh, actually means drawing a distance from conflict. And so there's a conflict, and you're getting away from it. You're removing yourself from the conflict. Now, the word for conflict, for, for Strife here means dispute or contention. So there's, a, there's a, a fight brewing. There's contention. There's a dispute, and it is wise, and it is honorable for you not to be close to it, not to be meddling in it. Uh, it is honorable for you to be found a long way from it, drawing a distance from it. Uh, the implication is there is a way to be distant from disputes. Sometimes you think, well, I just got drawn into that. Well, I couldn't help myself. Well, they shouldn't have said that. There is a way for you always to be distant from disputes or conflicts. I was thinking about this, and you don't have to answer out loud. Do you know people that always seem to be in conflict? And, and just you watch them. All, there's always something brewing. There's always, they got something to tell you about. Well, they did this. And there's a fight going on here, and they said this, and I got to do that. And it seems like they're in one conflict, and then the next time you see them, they're in another conflict. Or maybe they got two conflicts going on at once. There are people that it seems the pattern of their life is to stay in conflict. All right, tonight we're going to look at, from Proverbs, causes of conflict. Uh, Proverbs is actually full of descriptions of the causes of conflict. 
uh, reasons that people are found in conflict. And by studying these things, we're going to see things to avoid. Uh, we may actually see some people to avoid. And we're going to see some ways to stay out of conflict by looking at what God says about conflict. All right, before we start, I want you to think to yourself, why do we have disputes? Why are there conflicts? Why are there fights? Uh, what's the, what, if you were to say, what's the root cause of conflict? I want you to think about uh, what you might say, and then I'm going to go through this list, and we'll see what you say at the end. All right, here we go. First thing is this. Disputes are caused by angry, hot-tempered people. This is one of the causes for conflict. Disputes are caused by angry, hot-tempered people. Let me read some verses to you. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18 says this. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 22 An angry man stirs up strife. Same thing. And a hot-tempered man abounds, has plenty of, in transgression. Abounds in sin. All right, first thing we see is this. Some of the times the cause for a conflict goes back to a person's disposition. They are a hot-tempered person. They are a, a person that is explosive in a violent response. They fly off the handle, they respond in, in anger, they are, they're quick to anger, they're quick to, to strike out in violence. Uh, the Bible says in these verses, other verses as well, these folks are quick to sin, they are found in sin. Think about it, they get mad, they get angry, they've got to do something, and a lot of times their response is going to be a sinful response. They do something, uh, they respond in, in a sinful response. Well, it also says they will lead to sin, which means this, a hot-headed person, uh, they entice others to follow suit, to also be in sin with them. Now, think about that. For some reason, especially when it comes to anger, uh, we are pack-driven. And what I mean by that is you can be somewhere, and I've seen it happen in a room, and hey, there's some people here, and everybody's fine, and there may be a discussion going on, but all of a sudden somebody gets mad, and they get mad, and they, they, they let someone know they're mad, they're mad, and somebody next to them starts getting, well, you know, and they get mad, and then somebody behind them says, oh, and they, and they start getting stirred up, and they get mad, and it seems to spread through the crowd. Well, that's what it's talking about. It draws people in. It entices people, and it ends up with a whole lot of people abounding in sin. So, one of the reasons we have disputes, hot-headed people, people that are quick-tempered. You know what the Bible says? Get away from them. Draw a distance from them. Now, sometimes we think, well, that's just how they are. Listen, get away from them. Trouble will be brewing. First reason, disputes are caused by hot-headed, angry people. Second reason, disputes are caused by perverse people, perverse people. Proverbs 16 Verse 28, a perverse man spreads 
strife. And a slanderer separates intimate friends. The first part of the verse, a perverse man spreads strife. All right, the Hebrew word, and if we're understanding this, um, it is literally translated crooked or not straight. This is a person, they're not right. They're, they're crooked, they're not straight. These are people that walk around in sin. They, they do not care what God has said. They walk around in a rebellion. They walk around in disobedience. They rebel against God and his word. Well, a byproduct of that is going to be conflict. You know what? I'm not going to be obedient. You know what? I'm not going to imitate the character of God, the character of Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk in sin. If you find a person walking in sin, one of the things that's going to come out of that situation, off of that person, are conflicts. A person that is perverse, a person that is welcoming sin, staying in sin, operating in sin, conflicts are going to follow that person. You find a person like that, you know what? Draw a distance from them. Stay away from them. Disputes are caused by perverse people. All right, the third one, I don't know, I, I try to think about which might be the greatest cause. Uh, for sure, the third one might be the greatest cause. Disputes are caused by slanderers. Same verse, 16, 28. And a slanderer separates intimate friends. They are good friends. Now, they've got a history together. And a slanderer comes and it ends up with two enemy camps. Um, let me tell you about slanderers. Slanders are people who use words. Uh, it's an interesting thing. They do not use violence or some other tactic. They use words to tear other people down. Now, most of the time, their goal is to elevate themselves by making someone else look bad. You wonder, why do they always run their mouth? Why, is, why are they always lying about people? Why do they always got to say something about somebody? The reason is, in slandering somebody, they're trying to lift themselves up. Well, you know, they're no good. Well, you know what they've been doing. And by putting them down, they think they're elevating themselves. That is a slander. Their tools are half-truths. I think that's interesting uh, if they told us a total non-truth, we might not listen. But if they say something that might be plausible, that, hey, that might have taken place, well, we might lend an ear. And so they tell half-truths. They tell secrets. You know what? They, that was not supposed to get out. That was for these ears only. And they go and they tell somebody a secret. Well, you know, they said this about you, and they start trouble. And they use outright lies. Just straight up lie. Just make it up straight out, outright lies. The end result is the character uh, assassination of the targeted person. Think about this for a second. How many conflicts do you think of, can you think of, that come from a slanderer? Somebody said something. Somebody said something they shouldn't have said. Somebody revealed a secret. Somebody said a half-truth. And, I, and, I, and I've seen it over and over again. Well, you know that they did this. And somebody goes and they tell somebody and they add a little bit to it. And before long, you've got different camps and you've got issues. Um, how many conflicts come from, from slanderers? Um, the, the result is character assassination. I think it's interesting that there's, there's an example. Um, if you take a pillowcase, the old feather uh, 
the old feather pillow, and you go up on the top of the herring bank, you're on the fifth floor, and you take that pillowcase and you tore it open, and you shook out all the feathers, and they just went blowing out, blowing out, blowing out, and those were all slanderous lies. And then as soon as you did it, you said, ooh, I wish I hadn't have done that. Ooh, that wasn't the right thing. You know what you'll never do? You'll never pick up all the feathers. And so you can say, you know what? Oh, they're a liar. They're a, they're a thief. They're a whatever. And you can go back and say, you know what? I didn't mean that, and I didn't know what I was talking about. But you know what? You can't ever take all the feathers back. The damage is done. Character assassination happens. I wonder sometimes about slanderers. Um, I think it's just built in them, and that's their business. They just go around, and they got to tell you something about somebody. And I wonder sometimes they may not even know the damage they're leaving behind. They may not even know the trouble they're stirring up. Well, did you hear about that? And then they go on to the next person. Well, they're, and they lie about something else, and they don't even know the damage they're doing. Disputes are caused by slanders, all right? Next one is this. Disputes are caused by greedy, arrogant people. Proverbs 28, 25. An arrogant man stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. An arrogant man stirs up strife. All right, now I want you to think about this. What is an arrogant person? What is a greedy person? They are people who are jealously driven to acquire more of something. Uh, they want more acclaim. They want more stuff. They want what you have. They are jealously driven to acquire more of something. Their arrogance causes them to serve themselves instead of serving others or seeking the betterment of others. I think about that. So there's going to be a conflict. And the conflict is, I want what's yours. And so I've got to find a way to take it. I've got to run you down. Uh, I, I want your acclaim. I want your stuff. I want your relationships. You know, I want your reputation. Everybody loves you. They don't like me. I want your reputation. And so I serve myself. I do things to, to, to push myself, and I do not serve others. Now, I thought about that. Greedy, arrogant people start trouble, have issues. I want you to think about this. Think about the very first dispute you have. The very first dispute you have is generally a three-year-old or a two-year-old that says, I want that truck. I want that Barbie doll. And I think the earliest disputes, they don't say, well, you know, they leave half their milk in their bottle and they don't clean their room. They don't usually come out slandering and lying. They usually just say, I want what you have. I want your toy. I want your whatever. And that starts the dispute. Disputes are caused by greedy, arrogant people. They want more of what you have, and so they've got to start a conflict. All right, this next one is an interesting word. Fifth, disputes are caused by insolent people. Insolent people. Proverbs 13.10. Through insolence comes nothing but strife, but wisdom is with those who receive counsel. Through insolence comes nothing but strife. 
All right, that's a very interesting word. I'll be honest with you, I really didn't understand the fullness of what it means. Um, an, an insolent person, what is an insolent person? The word means a presumptuous person. The most literal definition means they are bold in their own estimation. Now, what? let me explain that in what words we might say. Simply, this is a person who cannot even fathom that they're wrong. They can't even conceive that they're wrong. And so they, they can't um, have any give or any compromise because they know the right thing. And so you know what? I'm never wrong. And so I, if you tell me, well, the answer 2 plus 2 is 4, no, I'm never wrong. And so I can't take that answer. You tell me the best way to Dallas is this way? No, it's this way. I'm never wrong. They cannot even entertain the fact that they could be wrong. They have no give in any area because they always know what's best. You know, people like that, I don't want to say a few names, but there's people that they just always know what's best. And you say, well, actually, maybe you ought to think about this. No, this is always best. Well, because they know best, they have no give. And because they have no give, not surprisingly then, disputes and conflicts are going to swell around them. There's always going to be a conflict because they're never wrong. They're never wrong. And because of that, there's always going to be a conflict or trouble swirling around them. All right, sixth thing is this. Disputes are caused by people who get in others peop other people's business or affairs. Disputes are caused by people who get in other people's business or affairs. Proverbs 26, 17. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. All right, here's this person. And we, I don't know you call them a busybody or what you want to call them, but they're not content with their own trouble. They're not content with their own situation. They got to get into your situation. They got to get into trouble that's not their trouble. The picture is you go by and there's a big old pit bull and he's mean and he's barking and he's angry. And instead of just walking by and hoping he doesn't see you, you go over and grab him by the ears. Guess what? You got trouble. Guess what? You're going to have conflict. Well, that is this person. Um, they interject themselves into others' conflicts or disputes that are already in play. Now, I've noticed this, and I think it's a pattern. Many times, if you find a person that does that, that's the pattern for that person. I don't think you have a person that one day wakes up and says, I'm going to go stick my nose in something and cause some trouble. It's usually the person, that's what they do, and I don't know if they just want to be in the middle of something or if they just want people not to forget about them, but they got to go stick their nose in over here and they blow that deal up and they get everybody mad and they go by and they see another pit bull and they say, I'm grabbing it by the ears and they start that. People who get into other people's business or affairs. Now here's something weird. That's written thousands of years ago. I think, well, that must be a new development. No, it's always been. There's always been somebody who's got to stick their nose in because they want somebody else's trouble. They got to get in the middle of it. Disputes are caused by people getting other people's business or affairs. All right, next one is this. 
Disputes are caused by hateful people. Disputes are caused by hateful people. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. Hatred stirs up strife, right? We've seen all these types of people uh, who, who cause conflicts, who find themselves in conflict. The next one it tells us that those people are hateful people. Now, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word for hatred means extreme dislike hostility, or disgust. Really, this is talking about a, a person's general disposition. Uh, it's not one of love. It's not an, a disposition or an attitude of kindness, but they actually have a disdain for other people. They do not like other people. In, in our world, we'd say they're just foul or they're mean. Um, honestly, those are just symptoms of the hate that's in their heart. They're ticked off with them, and they're mad at the checker at the grocery store, and don't ever cut them off in traffic, and then this and then that, and they're just, they're just mad at the world. They're mad. They're filled with a, with a really a raunchy disposition, and they're full of hatred. Disputes, it just makes sense, are going to follow those types of people. Not going to be kind, not going to be gracious, not going to be forgiven. They're mad, and so you know what? They're always in problems. They always have conflict. All right, next one. This is the last one we'll look at tonight. Disputes are caused by foolish people. Disputes are caused by foolish people. Going back to chapter 20, verse 3. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. But any fool will fight, but any fool will quarrel. All right, here's, here's the definition of this person. A, a foolish person is one who dangerously disregards the, disregards the wise thing. There is a good answer. There is a safe answer. There is a right answer, but they foolishly disregard that. They know the right thing but they don't care about it. And maybe it's just disobedience, rebellion. Maybe it's some other problem with their heart. But, but you know what? If, if you do this, there's going to be a problem. I think about different situations, especially when you're a younger person. If you do this thing, there's going to be trouble. You go to this place and you do this thing. Guess what there's going to be? There's going to be trouble. And you go to that place and you do that thing and you can't imagine you're out late over a cop car getting handcuffed. I don't understand how that happened. Foolish people don't care. They dangerously don't care. There's going to be trouble, don't care. There's going to cause problems in my family, don't care. This is going to take time off my life, don't care. They dangerously disregard the wise thing. They make decisions that are just dumb, just foolish. Because of that, the relationships around them are subject to dangerous destructive consequences. And so this, here's what I mean by that. If you're going to deal with these people, you're going to get hurt. They're going to, they're going to be doing dumb things. They're going to cause problems. And if you're close to them, you're going to suffer for their foolishness. Disputes are caused by foolish people. Don't care what the right thing is. They're going to do 
the wrong thing. All right, that's a pretty good list. I thought about other reasons, and I think I couldn't think of any other reasons. All of those are really tied up in pride, uh, selfishness, hatred, poor attitude, but all of those, I think it lays it out. Those are the reasons we, we have conflict. I want you to notice this. All of those things that start conflict all begin with people and not situations. Sometimes we think, well, here's a situation that there's going to be a conflict. Here's a situation, and you can't avoid the conflict. That's not true at all. There are situations, and they're volatile, and they're touchy, but it's not the situation that causes the conflict. It's the people that cause the conflict. So these are people, not situations, that cause conflict. Now, what that means is if people can cause and incite conflicts, disputes, in the same way people can diffuse and avoid conflicts. So if people can cause the trouble, people can avoid the trouble. Sometimes you think, well, I didn't have any choice. It's just what happened. Listen, if people can cause the trouble in the same way, God's telling us people can avoid the trouble. Now, here's some ways to avoid trouble. I think it'd be nuts to look at the reasons we have trouble and not talk about, well, here's how we avoid it. Here's some ways you can avoid conflicts or disputes. Here's some ways you can prove yourself a wise person worthy of honor because you're not found in a dispute. You're found a long way from it. All right. First way you can avoid conflict is speech that calms. Speech that calms. Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, you know this. There are very clearly words that incite problems, that escalate problems. Now, here's what I've noticed. The crazy thing is those words come naturally to us. You take my Tonka truck, I know some words to tell you to get my Tonka truck back. You don't have to put that into me. Somebody slips off, I got four responses that are better than the one you gave me. It's natural to us. We know somebody says this, and I, I know what to say back, and we can escalate the thing. The Bible says we ought to be the opposite. We ought to be careful and deliberate to seek out and use words that bring peace and usher in calmness. I've noticed this. It is easy to start a fight. It's easy to start a problem. It's hard to say a word that would de-escalate and avoid the conflict, avoid the fight. Have you ever seen, I thought about this, have you ever seen just a flat blow up that took place because of a single sentence? And you're going and you're going through there and you know what? And they're upset and they're upset and they're upset, but somebody said the wrong thing, boom, the whole thing just escalates and blows up. Maybe it's misintended or, or unintended. Maybe it's misinterpreted. Here's the truth. We have to be careful of what we say. When I think about that point, I think about this. There is, we got to be careful what we say. We, we have to de-escalate the issue. But you know what that means? We can't be, we can't be the one that says the last word. And, and here's what I find. There's always one last word person. 
And so you say, that's hot. They say, it's cold. And you say, it's hot. And they say, it's cold. And you say, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm not talking to you more. It's hot. And you may be almost a car, and they say, it's cold. They've always got to say the last word. And you know what? Before long, somebody's got to say, mm-mm. We have to be careful. We, we can choose words to de-escalate. Maybe it's no words. But you can pick. It's easy to start a fight, start trouble. We have to be wise and pick words that de-escalate. So the first thing, speech that calms. Second thing is this, speech that is honest and not personally attacking. Speech that is honest and not personally attacking. Let me read Proverbs 26, verse 20. Listen to this. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, it means slanderer, contention quiets down. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. I'll just sum it up like this. Very simply, stop gossiping. Stop saying things you don't know are true. Stop saying something that wasn't your business to say. Stop saying things that somebody else doesn't need to hear. Speak the truth. Quit personally attacking people. Again, gossip really is just speech that tears others down in an attempt to build you up. You know what? Stop that. You know what? You don't have to say that about that person. And then I thought about this. This is something we ought to, we ought to be aware of. Quit personally attacking people. Quit lying about people. Quit gossiping. But here's another one. There are private conversations that were meant to stay private. And the Bible actually talks about being a trustworthy listener. Proverbs eleven thirteen. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Now, I, I think it's important to say not everything that somebody says was meant for everybody to hear. Not everything that you hear in a private conversation needs to be said outside of that conversation. I think sometimes people say, well, you can't talk because somebody, you know, if you, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it. Well, that's not always uh, going to work. There may be a situation where you say, you know, I've got a coworker, and when I work with them, there's trouble, and I don't like how they do this, and when they do it this way, there's going to be trouble, and that was a private conversation, and you know what? Let's try to figure that out. Let's make a solution. I can tell you what the solution's not, to walk out of that room and say, well, you know what they said, that you're a bad worker and this and that. Whenever you do that, we always have problems. You start a problem. There's a time for trustworthy listening. And not everything you hear is meant for everybody's ears. And there's times you ought to just be quiet and not report that. Um, I, one time I was at a dinner and, and somebody had cooked something. And earlier in the day, someone said, I hate when they cook that. I hate when they cook that. I actually said that. I don't like when they cook that thing. And then, and then somebody's there that cooked the thing and somebody says, all day long they've been saying you didn't like that thing. Guess what? There's going to be problems. There's such a thing as saying nothing being a trustworthy hearer and not repeating everything you hear that wasn't meant for all people. Speech that is honest and not personally attacking. The third thing is this. 
Attitudes, actions, and words motivated by love. How do you avoid trouble? Attitudes, actions, and words motivated by love. Chapter 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. That's interesting how it says that love covers all transgressions. All right. Christ-like love is the service of others at the cost of self. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's an action. Christ-like love is to serve somebody else, to seek the betterment of somebody else at the cost of yourself. So what this means in our language is you're going to use words that bless other people. You're going to use words that care for other people, that build up other people, that serve other people. So you know what? I'm going to use words that serve you, that protect you, that encourage you, that build you up instead of worrying about yourself. I think it's interesting here. It, it says covers a multitude of, of transgressions, of sins. Did you know you're not going to go through life and somebody not do you wrong? You're not going to go through life and somebody not hurt you, lie about you, cause you problems? And you want to go meet with them and jump on them and, and give them right back, you know what you're going to have? A conflict. Love is to say this. You know what? I'll sacrifice. I don't have to be right. I don't have to have the last word. I don't have to win this fight. And I know you're wrong. I know you're wrong. But you know what? I'm going to sacrifice even my words for love. I'm not going to have to settle the score. I'm not going to have to get back at you. I'm going to sacrifice that for your betterment. I think it's interesting. We live in this world where I'm due. I'm due it. They owe me that. And so you do something to hurt me, I got to let you know you hurt me and I got to get you back. Christian love is to say, you know what? For the betterment of you and the betterment of me, I'm going to use words that build you up. Even though there's many sins that have abounded. There's trouble. Doesn't mean you have to settle the score. And all of that really comes back to this last one. The fourth thing is this. Proverbs 28, 25. An arrogant man stirs up strife. Here's the last part. But he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who trusts in the Lord. The last one is this. To avoid trouble, to stay out of conflict and dispute, here's what you have to do. Trust God. You have to trust God. All right, listen to this. You have to trust God to carry out justice. You know who's going to carry out justice? He is. You know who's going to do a better job than you are? He is because he knows the truth of the situation. I, I think one time I had someone come in my office and somebody had done some terrible things to them. And they were just brewing in anger and then they, they expressed that in several ways and, and the only way they could get over that anger was drink a whole bunch so they didn't stay mad. And, every, you know, the, the issue was, well, look how much they're drinking. And really that was just a symptom of the fact they were so mad. And that was just a symptom of the things that had been done wrong to them. And, and my answer, I sat there and thought, if those things had been done to me, I would have been madder than you. And I would have probably responded worse than you. And you have to come back to this. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He will repay. And so you have to trust God. He'll set it right. He'll, he'll carry out justice. And so you know why you're not going to go around mad all day? Because God's going to take care of it. 
You have to trust God. Trust God to carry out justice. Trust God to bless a heart of integrity. So you're walking away and you feel like you lost that battle. You know what? God blesses people that walk in obedience. He blesses hearts of integrity. Trust God to defend you and your cause. I think we're built to the, if you say something, I got to defend myself. I got to make sure you know the truth. You know what? God will take care of that. God will defend me. He'll take care of this cause. Trust God to settle all the scores. You don't have to be in that business. Trust God to repair and restore. Sometimes I think we're so bent on blowing everything up and striking back at everybody that we think, you know what? God might restore this relationship. He might repair it. It might be better than it was. And so you know what? I'm going to trust God to repair and restore. Trust God to honor his word. He's told us what causes conflict. He tells us how to stay out of it. He tells us it's an honor for us to do that. He tells us he will bless it. Trust him to honor his word. Here's the bottom line. Instead of arguing, fighting, or escalating any dispute, trust God. He knows. He sees. He's fair. He's kind. He's gracious. He's powerful. I'm staying out of this. I'm getting a long way from it. I'm going to trust God to settle it. That's where we're going to stop now. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Glad y'all are here. Let's pray. Liberty Father, we come. We're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for the truth of your word tonight. I pray that tonight we are learning that in the nature of Christ and the character of Christ and the empowerment of Christ led by the word of God, I pray that we would stay away from conflict that we would be loving in our speech, that we would be gracious in our attitudes, in our actions, and I pray we wouldn't be found in trouble, in disputes, and we wouldn't be found in, in somebody else's business or escalating our own trouble, our own business, but I pray we would be Christ-like, and I pray we would use our words uh, in love to build others up and to bless others, and I pray, Lord, that we would take this to heart tonight. I pray that our kids are learning this at an early age. I pray that our youth are learning it at an important age. And I pray that you are blessed in it, that you're pleased with it. Uh, we trust it to you. Lord, I pray for the Welch family. I pray for hard days and, and I pray for the funeral. I, I pray that you are known through that, uh, that a family's encouraged in the truth of, of what you say about death. I pray for many others that are sick, many others that are ill, others that have gone through loss. Um, we trust all that to you. I pray for things in some in this room that we may not even know are going on. I pray that you would move, that you would work, that it would point back to you. We're thankful that we have a risen Savior. We're thankful we have a living hope. We're thankful for a gracious God. We trust all this to you. And I pray in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.